Greetings, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 34 with Josue Cardona. Uh, he is the founder of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network, a great space for uh, combining uh, things that people love, video games, board games, uh, all things geeky, um, and just kind of bringing some critical analysis and uh, advocating for mental health, which is uh, just a great cause and uh, just really appreciate what they're doing over there. And uh, Josue just kind of geeks out about all sorts of stuff in this episode, and uh, he's looking forward to uh, uh, E3, uh, so hopefully he enjoyed all the uh a uh, good announcement from your thing. So um, if you haven't noticed, uh, some of our episodes are on a little bit of a kind of time delay. Um, totally intentional. I like to record a little bit early and kind of uh, give myself some runway. So um, yeah, th- th- this one was uh, yeah, from about a month ago, but um, still a great uh, evergreen conversation about all the work that he has done and uh, his uh, professional path, which is an interesting one. So um, just plug in and enjoy this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast Number 34 with Josue Cardona. Hey there, listeners. It's an honor to have our good friends at Swiftcake be a sponsor of the podcast because I've seen their work firsthand and it's truly unlike any student leadership training I've experienced. They've been voted best student leadership program unprecedented five times, so you know they must be doing something right. As a bonus for our listeners, Swiftcake is giving a $500 discount off their normal speaking fee if you mention High Red Geek when you contact them. I highly recommend their trainings for your campus as your students will be talking about it for months afterwards. It's really great stuff. Check them out at swiftcakehq.com to learn more and let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I'm really excited to just kind of... Um you know, talk with you about, uh, kind of your podcasting journey and just kind of your professional path and stuff and just, uh, break away a little bit from, uh, kind of my usual, uh, more kind of higher ed related guests, but, you know, we'll sort of get into your college background and all that stuff. But, um, sure. yeah, so, I mean, just for this, the sake of time, I mean, we'll, we'll dive in here if you just want to, uh, just give an introduction of yourself and kind of the quick version of sort of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, so my name is Jose Cardona. I um, I run geektherapy.com. Uh, we do a lot of podcasts, but we do content that basically uh, it was the, the basis for it is how geek culture can save the world. So people who are using their geeky interest to help other people is really where it came from. And then over the years, we've had a focus on mental health because at some point in my life, I I went from being an engineer to a mental health professional. We can get into that uh, in a second. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, I know yeah, you have kind of like a whole um, sort of network of podcasts uh, um, that are all sort of like different relations on that, that core premise, which I love. Um, so I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of go chronologically um, through your path a little bit. So like going back to kind of your origin story, like in college and those kind of formative years, like what, what were things that happened then that were really kind of meaningful for you, like, you know, personally and or professionally that you feel like still kind of like resonate with you today? And I have such a complicated uh, relationship with school in general. But uh, when I went when I went to college, I studied engineering, mechanical engineering, and I went to a university where the like there was an arrogance among the engineering professors that I didn't like, and it was kind of this idea of like, well, don't worry, like once you become an engineer, it's really a desk job and you'll be telling other people what to do. Like it's all about your ideas, but I wanted to do some hands-on stuff. So I ended up transferring after a year to a a technical program where I looked at it in every single 
like uh, it was like three out of four classes had a lab mm-hmm. and and that would that really mattered to me i didn't discover until many years later that i had adhd and i was falling and that's why i was probably that's probably the reason why i was falling asleep in every single class throughout high school and college until i found these classes that were super technical and hands-on and i was able to really get my hands dirty and and i loved it and i i finished my my degree in electronics engineering technology really quickly and then i went and uh started working for the federal government actually Hmm, interesting and so i guess from there to where you are now like what were maybe those like moments or you know um maybe even specifically because it, it's something that uh, i'd want to talk a little bit more in depth about of just like you know getting to the point where you start you know doing podcasting so like you're out working in the field uh you know you've uh, you know finished your education and everything i guess those like early career moments and then like how did this kind of podcasting endeavor come to be so I was I was working and uh, my my employer, which is the federal government at this point, uh, they they were offering to pay for additional schooling, and really everybody was getting an MBA. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna get an MBA too, mm. and I was I was almost done with my MBA, and they cut the funding, so I ended up paying for my own. It was a, I think it was an accounting and finance course that I ended up paying for myself. And I hated it so much that I that I thought, you know what, if I'm already willing to, or I think I had gotten a, I had to get a loan. Like I, oh. I started, I tapped into student loans to be able to pay for that class. I thought, you know what, that was really easy. I now have access to student loans <laughs> and I'm, I'm enjoying studying. Maybe I should study something that I really want to study. And so in the same university, I, I was like, you know what, I love psychology in, in high school. I... I want it. I want to do something different uh, professionally. I want to help people out. So I transferred to a mental health counseling program, and I I started that program while I was still an engineer. And when I when I finished all my core classes and I had to start my internship, I quit my engineering job, and I I started doing my internships and my my practical part of my of my master's degree. I never finished the MBA, by the way. I still regret that. Mm. I was so close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I I started doing, uh, again, my, my internship. And it was during that time when I was uh, a mental health counseling intern that I started working with kids in, uh, this was in New Jersey, and I started working with kids in a program. And I started noticing that all these kids were, all they talked about were comic book characters and video games. And I thought, hey, I... I know what they're talking about. I speak that language. I can, I can talk to them about the things that they like. So I really connected with them. And as I continued my internship, I thought, I thought of ideas of different ways that I could integrate that into the kind of treatment programs that we were running. So I found out that my internship location had a Nintendo Wii at the time. Mm. And we had a new supervisor and she had taken the Wii and kind of like locked it up. And I found it one day when I was looking for something and I asked her, like, hey, I have some ideas. Can we use the Nintendo Wii to do some group work with the kids. She was like, absolutely not. We're not going to touch video games. Video games are dangerous. Uh, You know, and all this like negative uh, things that people believe about video games. And I was like, that really bothered me. So like as an act of rebellion, I went home that night and I created a website that just like to prepare my argument. (laughs) All right. right. So I just got a bunch of supporting information, not just research, but also just like regular articles that you saw um, people talking about 
like positive examples of people using video games and comic books and like and technology and different things that I, I considered really geeky interests and the way that people were using them to help people in health and mental health and all sorts of things social movements, things like that. So that's kind of where, where geektherapy.com started. That's where originally it was just a curated website. And then eventually I wanted to talk to other people who I was reading about in those articles. So I started a podcast because a podcast is the best way to just walk up to people and say, hey, can I ask you some questions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that was like seven years ago when the podcast started. And over the years, we've built a really big uh, community and lots of different people represented in that community. And over time, we we expanded and now we have a bunch of different podcasts that touch on a lot of them focus on mental health. But we have a two gaming podcasts, one for video games, one for tabletop, one focused on technology. Um, We have one that's like exploring fictional characters through the lens of mental health. We have one that's focused very much on family dynamics and family therapy and things like that. And it's really cool that the community has come together and it's grown into this uh, thing that I, I, man, I really, really love. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I guess it's like interesting. Yeah. Like um, that part of your story of like when you were kind of like paying for really like, you know, paying for your education more on your own, like you kind of were like, you know what, I'm going to do a thing that I really enjoy. I'm really interested in and kind of see where that takes me. And, um, and then I think, yeah, now like sort of mental, mental health and mental wellness and just having those conversations are a lot more, you know, prevalent than they've been, you know, there's certainly still a long way to go to kind of break down stigmas and just improve, you know, accessibility and stuff, but at least just having those conversations that people know, like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to kind of process the emotions that you feel and just, uh, have like a supportive community and kind of looking at like stories and things in a critical way. And, um, yeah, it's just great that you've been able to sort of, you know, nurture that community and that kind of part of yourself. And, uh, you know, yeah. Cause I think like you're saying like a podcast and, you know, in a, in a small sense, it's just like this good excuse to, to talk to people. But, you know, for me, it kind of just, uh, scratches the itch of like, you know, having these kind of good conversations that I like having with people about the things that they're interested in. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's helpful for people to have those, uh, those hobbies. And, you know, some people are just, they maybe have never had time for it and they've struggled to find it, but you know, you're, you're providing like a, a platform for, for people to, you know, engage in meaningful ways and have that community and just, you know, sometimes just have fun together and like talk about fun stuff. But, um, yeah, it's really cool. And I guess, you know, maybe just talk a little bit more about that sort of where you are now currently and kind of what you enjoy about, you know, you've been working on this on like geek therapy for several years. And I know sometimes for me, it's like, uh, you might get to a point where it could be kind of like tiring or hard or difficult or, you know, uh, you know, new different problems crop up and stuff and just other stuff that you're kind of working on right now. Like what, what keeps you engaged? What keeps you kind of, uh, ready to keep at it, uh, day after day? Like what, what do you enjoy most about it? Ooh, yeah. So, uh, geek therapy started as me just wanting to connect with people that, I guess maybe I was too shy to just call people up and do like an, an interview, like a, just a normal interview, um, like for my own sake. Mm. And uh, a podcast gave me an excuse. But eventually I started getting so into the quality of podcasting. And I just like I love podcasts, podcasts. I've been listening. I forgot when exactly I listened to my first podcast, but it was an IGN.com podcast. I remember I was on their forums and they started talking about this thing called a podcast that they were doing. And so I've been listening to podcasts now for maybe 10 years, you know, and it's something that I, I constantly listen to every day. I love them. So once I started making them, I started getting really into 
I don't know, the art of, of podcasting, like the, the quality. And so eventually I, the way to keep it fresh was that I stopped interviewing people because it got frustrating, like sound quality would be good or like all these things that I couldn't control. But I, I felt so comfortable in the space that I started bringing on other people to talk to. And kind of maybe so. So maybe one of the ways that I was able to stay engaged and, and keep going was just to switch things up. There's this there's this episode of um, really early episode of Geek Therapy where I haven't posted an episode in a while, and I say like, look, this is the this is what we're gonna do from now on. This is how I'm changing it. It's gonna be focused on storytelling. And then six months after that, I came back and did something else because I never did that thing that I wanted to do. But those ideas, like the idea of switching it up kept me kept me going. And always having other people involved was really helpful. But I think like I really believe in what I do, and that really helps me continue because there is, like I said, I have a I have like a I have a complicated relationship with school in general. And I've learned so much over the years outside of school. You know, there's so much that is complimentary and so much that has been so helpful. And podcasts have been a big part of that for me. I've learned so much. And I feel that the content that I'm making is important. And whether anybody else thinks it's important or not, right? That, that's like, that's that's not the point. It's I believe it's important. And that helps me move forward and do it more often. So I do believe that there's a very uh, important educational component. Like I'm, I'm creating awareness of topics for for my listeners that you know the things that they wouldn't be aware of otherwise i'm going really deep into topics that maybe have been discussed in one way in on the news and you just know a little bit about it but we can really go deep into it um one of my favorite things about podcasting is i do a lot of research sometimes between one episode and another i'll read an entire book you know and just mm. do just go really deep into research because i want to I, I don't know at this point i want to go into a conversation prepared and and giving something like I feel like I want to offer something new to the listener there have been times where there's conversations like now I'm I'm I tend to record more and then edit out a lot of things that I feel aren't as valuable and like I used to I used to have long intros for my podcast and maybe you know they've changed over the years but now it's like no five second music into it real <laughs> quick because but but that's like the type of podcast that I like and I just like I'm there for the information and very rarely do I listen to podcasts where it's like just friends hanging out. You know, um, right. I used to, but not not anymore. And so I've started making content that is more in line with that. And again, like I, I feel that a lot of the topics that we touch are important. And it's also important for me to have very different perspectives. So even though I do a lot of the work, I I rarely record anything on my own. And I record with people who are very different from me. Right now, our flagship program is um renamed the original geek therapy podcast to gt radio and i added three people to the cast so it's two men two women um different sexual orientations different religions different races and i feel so comfortable with that because it doesn't matter what we talk about we have so many different perspectives and i think that that's that's very valuable so things like that you know it matters to me if, if we're doing something that i don't care about it's really really hard like right now we're doing a show that's over 100 episodes in and i'm going to tone it down like we're, we're moving into a seasonal format again always switching things up just to <laughs> keep things fresh so by going seasonal i'm like okay maybe we can do a really good 10 episode run and then take a break and then come back with some really good ideas and do that so a podcast that we've been doing for almost three years now um well technically a little over two years right uh 110 episodes or so and 
we're going to take a break because it's starting to feel a little stale and I don't want to do it just for the sake of doing it. And it's getting a little harder. So we're going to sit back, uh, you know, let it rest for a while, bring it back when we, when we're energized to do it again. But then I still have, I still have other ideas that I want to pursue. So I'm now I'm going to like, we'll do different shows, um, in that seasonal format. So instead of one show every week for 52 weeks, maybe it'll be, know five shows for 10 weeks each and and i don't know that that kind of variety really uh gets me excited to to continue mm-hmm. well yeah like, a lot of yeah a lot of good stuff in what you mentioned just like that you get a lot from it and like you learn and you grow so it's like you know valuable endeavor in that regard but then like you have the confidence in the value of what you're doing and i know sometimes it's hard because uh which people should you know, if they have awesome comments or reviews, please let the creators know because it's always great to hear that. But, you know, you just also have the confidence in what you're doing, knowing it's valuable. You're doing research. You're like really taking it seriously and trying to provide, you know, variety and just like, uh, you know, keep it fresh, like you were saying, and not feel, you know, beholden to do it any one way um, at any point. But yeah, just those like creative, hiati- creative hiatuses is, you know, that's totally allowed. And again, just like a kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's your project and you can kind of do it the way that you want to. Cause yeah, it's just like, like you're saying, if you like do a different format or different kind of focus and like that, you know, helps you to kind of cultivate new skills and yeah, maybe it provides uh kind of more for, um, the audience and everything, but yeah, it's just like doing this work. You're, uh, you know, I appreciate the way that you look at it cause you're just always trying to, you know, keep the, the muscles sort of like flexed and growing and all that versus just kind of getting, uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, just getting out too stale and too, like, just uh, doing the same thing over and over. But um, so it's all very cool to hear. And, um, you know, you you just said something about, uh, like, interacting with, with your audience and the community, right? Like, please, yeah, let us know if you like <laughs> what we're doing. And the irony of that is, like, I listen to so many things and I rarely write in or comment or do, do anything. I just, I just show up and I love the content. So I've been struggling for, for years with how, how do we do that? You know, as especially in podcasting, right? But like, like YouTube has the comments built in and it's all one platform and there's a culture there that people, they're, they're putting thumbs up or thumbs down. They're, you know, they're subbing, they're, they're commenting whether they like it or not. It's very different than when you're doing a podcast. And I've, I've struggled with that for years. And just recently, as, as in like a week or two ago, we we launched a, a message board, essentially, a forum. Mm. And I tied all of the podcasts, every single episode. I went back. It was hundreds of episodes across all of our different shows. And I tied them all back to this one forum because I thought, man, like we get feedback, but sometimes it's on Twitter. Sometimes it's on Facebook. Sometimes it's an email. And all that stuff is, uh, you know, that word ephemeral, it just, it's here and then it's gone. And then nobody else sees it. There isn't a discussion. It's really just people reacting once and then that's gone. So now we created a forum and by tying it all into a place where not only is all of our content basically linked to, so if you go to each of our podcasts has a different website, but if you go to one of them now at the bottom, instead of writing a comment, there's a, there's a link that says, Oh, discuss this on the forum. It'll take you to a topic just for that episode so that it doesn't matter when you listen to the episode or, or choose to comment on it or, or, or choose not to comment it. Uh, on it, just look at it. You'll see what other people had to say over time, and at the same time, you'll see other things like 
you know, that don't have anything to do with the podcast, but the community is there to be able to, to really interact and, and, and talk. And it, it took us years to figure out something that would work. I, I was really hesitant about what to do. And, and it's only been a couple of weeks, but I think, I think it's working. I think, you know, we've had more, uh, like interaction with our listeners and members of our community in the last week or two than we ever have. Actually, we've been doing this for years and it's, it's super exciting, but it's really hard to like, that's part of it, right? How do you keep going as much as it doesn't matter how much you love it. It does get to a point where like, is anybody listening? Does anybody care? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And if nobody lets you know, it's, um, it, it is sometimes hard to, to go on. I think you should, you know, persevere and get through that. That's like your mind, uh, that's your, your self doubt getting in your way, but really this really worked for us. It was something that um, was I think was missing, and it's it's really helped a lot because like it's it's really about building community, right? All of these things are about all these shared experiences and all these shared interests that we can bring everybody together somehow. And I don't know, it, it's it's a struggle, but I think I think we're figuring out a way to do it that works for our community. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it's funny that it's like uh, kind of going old school, like going into, you know, uh, forums like you're mentioning, like with the IGN, a lot of sites, like we'll still have them, but it's just like that kind of platform has been around forever, but it's like, Hey, you know, it works, you know, <laughs> like it gets people talking and yeah, you know, it's all kind of just there. Uh, you can see the discussion all the way from the beginning. Um, so that's great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I think it is, uh, it's tough. Cause I think like the review platforms on iTunes or where like it's not super user friendly. And also the creator does not get any sort of like notification when somebody reviews uh, their show on iTunes as much as, you know, it's obviously super helpful, but yeah, it's just like, Oh, well this person wrote a review months ago. I didn't even realize <laughs> like, uh, but, um, yeah, oh, I can geek out so much about that because, <laughs> like, because uh, there's actually different countries. So if somebody in a different country reviews your podcast and and you go in iTunes in the USA store, you'll never see that review posted. Mm. So there's like there may be reviews for your podcast that you've never even seen. There's a service I can tell you about it. There's a service uh, that you can pay for that will actually a guy created a whole thing where you can get notified of every single review that comes in from every single iTunes store in the world. But yeah, but it's not easy, and you got to pay for it. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll have to, uh, <laughs> talk off a lot about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, you'd mentioned, uh, the Nintendo Wii, so I'm not sure if you're, uh, you know, a big Nintendo fan, but, uh, you know, just sort of moving on from, you know, the work that you're doing, like just personally, like what are the things that you geek out about currently? If it's stuff that you've like always been into or maybe more recent discoveries, um, yeah, what's sort of like catching your attention right now? So we're in the first week of June and E3 is about to come up. So I'm uh, E3 is an entertainment, uh, electronic entertainment expo. And that is my Christmas. It is my favorite time of year every year. Yeah, I love video games. I've always, video games have been something that is, you know, core to my family since I was a kid. My earliest memories are playing video games with my parents. And to this day, now my, my parents, we all um, we all play games together, like even you know just mobile games. We're competing every week. It is it is a core part of my of my family and just who I am. So right now, my hype levels are off the charts for for E3. I just I love it. It is um, again my favorite time of year. So yeah, video games are pretty much what's on my mind right now. Although we also just had the Apple um, Worldwide Developers Conference. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where like I make sure to watch those press conferences live. Sometimes they're cringeworthy, but I love <laughs> just watching all the new tech announcements and all the, you know, that's like me at my nerdiest is uh, pretty much this time of year. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, then there's also like Comic Con coming up and a lot of other like uh, stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'm going to San Diego Comic Con and I cannot wait. I haven't been in a couple of years. Whew, super yeah. excited. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's just like a, you know, a, like the Apple Developers Conference stuff is like, it's, it's just a business presentation. But yeah, like they'll try to like do these goofy things and it's like at least, you know, cringe inducingly entertaining at times. But uh, yeah, it's just like, you know, just seeing the cool new stuff that they're uh, working on is always cool. Um, I live for that stuff, for <laughs> patch notes and update notes. And oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I think that, yeah, I've always seen, like, I'll try to just like, catch the um sort of synopsis uh that like whatever site i'll kind of grab has afterwards and there's like usually something buried in there like and it's kind of like patch notes that's like really appealing to me i'm just like oh okay that's cool that's cool oh okay yeah they're finally doing that or like oh i use that thing every day and they're making it you know easier whatever um so <laughs> yeah it's uh, always cool and uh yeah i mean i'm, I'm a big ha- apple fan and they're always doing good stuff so um but i guess you know yeah, I guess you already kind of mentioned like gaming. I mean, like if you want to like maybe give an example, anything that you can think of, maybe how um, like gaming or anything like that, like in terms of like your family or friends or just like other community, you know, because uh, I guess it's been part of like your, your podcast network and that kind of stuff too. But just like any one little anecdote maybe of just like how your hobbies have like positively contributed to your life, like how that kind of resonates with you since it's obviously just been this ongoing thing. It's similar to me. Yeah, like I've gamed my entire life and it's helped build you know, friendships and community and have it, you know, I move around a lot, but it's like, I can always have a soft landing with, you know, gaming or one thing or another, but, um, any anecdote like that, I guess that you can, you can think of with like gaming or something else. Yeah. I mean, so many, uh, I think one of the, one of the coolest things that's happening right now is that me and my, my entire family are playing this mobile game called uh, Disney emoji blitz. <laughs> and my sister started playing and she's like, I swear you have to check this out. So I start playing and we start getting really competitive. And I go and I teach my mom how to play it and she gets into it. And now she is like the number one player in the family. We can't beat her. Oh, sometimes we beat her. And then my dad got into it recently. And my, my mom and my dad have been divorced for, for over 20 years. And they weren't friends on Facebook, but they became friends on Facebook just so they could play this game against each other. Wow. And it is like the coolest thing. So now every week on my uh, on our leaderboards, our whole family is there <laughs> every week. And we're trying to um, battle each other, and we text each other about like new events and prizes and things like that. Um, and that like that that sense of community is just huge. And me too. Like I've moved around so much, and I still have so many friends that I that I play with. And sometimes, even just something as simple as comparing trophies at times makes me feel connected to other people mm-hmm. uh just just recently um i picked up uh, rock band 4 for the ps4 and that game came out like three years ago but uh it was on sale recently so i put it in i start playing and then i see that uh one of my best friends has a bunch of high scores on it and suddenly i'm trying to beat his high scores and i'm sure he hasn't played the game in over two years but i texted him and I started sending him pictures about the, of the high score and how I was getting close to him, and then how I beat his high scores. It was it was so fun, and again, it was it was like asymmetrical, but it's uh, it it was just you still feel connected, and and I, I love that, you know. But uh-huh. I, I think I think the thing I love the most about um, games there's a there's a book um, by Jane McGonigal called Reality Is Broken. Have you read this book? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'll put it in the show notes, though, and it's uh, well, is that another good addition for my like wish list here. Oh yeah, yeah. And and she has a uh, Jim McGonagall has a a TED talk where she she touches on on some of these aspects. 
but basically her argument in the game um, that reality is broken my interpretation of it has always been that the world is not designed in such a way that is as engaging and rewarding as video games are this is her argument mm. and so there's so many things in that the video games do better and that the real world could learn from and she gives tons of examples i mean the book's about seven or eight years old now so there's some things that are a, a little outdated but the the core principles are still there like gaming there's so many things that we can learn from apply in different areas and will be super beneficial and like one of my obsessions lately has been a game called monster hunter world Mm-hmm. And we did a podcast episode on our, our video game podcast, and I called it, instead of Monster Hunter, I called it Mastery Hunter. Because for the first time in a, in a long time, I spent as much time studying this game and learning about it, watching tutorials, reading wikis, um, working out strategies, as I did playing the game. And all told, we're talking now, you know, tens, hundreds, I think maybe over 200 hours now, if I include all the time I've spent studying and it was so rewarding and so much fun. And I knew like there were times when I, I, I would sit down and, and instead of watching something on TV, I'd go on YouTube and watch another tutorial or rewatch a tutorial. And sometimes I would spend time in a training area just trying to get better. It's a type of game where you don't really, your character doesn't really um, like beef up the, their stats or anything. It's it's you, the player, that gets better. Your skill improves, and there are different. There's so many systems and things inside the game, and like I love learning. I love like my my issues with with school have always been um, like it's it's lack of ability to engage me as much as I would want to. Even when I was in my master's program, I went and did additional training while I was doing my master's program to kind of fill in the gaps that I had found. Like that's the type of person that I am. So playing this game it is one of the most fulfilling gaming experiences i've ever had because i've i don't think i've ever studied so hard to just get good at a game and and i've, I've been loving that experience oh yeah as a, as a sign of a good game yeah that just like i mean from one that you can play for a very long time and not get tired of it but just sort of uh, uh cultivates that like deep interest in wanting to like collect all the things or like, yeah, like get really, you know, good at a thing or, uh, you know, beat this mission or something. And yeah, I remember sometimes, yeah, having those like <laughs> thick strategy guides for a game because I'm just like, okay, I need to figure out like, where am I going? How am I doing this? Like, you know, and just having that like primer on the, on the game and, you know, yeah, spending extra time and money to sort of supplement the, the gaming experience. And, um, cause yeah, some games I'm like, yeah, it's enjoyable. I just played through it and done, beat it. And I like traded it in for something else. What other ones have just like, you know, yeah, hundreds of hours of, uh, gameplay, which is like, you know, I always appreciate it's worth the, uh, the investment for sure. But, um, yeah, that's really, uh, really great stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, games just, uh, yeah, bringing people together. And I like that point of like, even, even like the asymmetrical sort of like, um, sort of comparison, you know, or just sort of competition, um, where, yeah, you can see like what friends have done, like you don't have to all play live at the same time. You can just kind of, you know, uh, see even like sort of outside of, uh, uh, time kind of, uh, how you're performing against uh, your friends and stuff. So that's really cool. Um, and then uh, I guess, yeah, really quick, you know, if anything um, like kind of noteworthy in addition to things that you've already mentioned, just like anything that you're reading, watching and listening to, you know, kind of any or all of those uh, facets, like anything that you'd want to recommend that we can uh, include in the show notes. Hmm. Let's see. I'm always reading, watching and listening to something. 
Let me see. Something worth mentioning. Um, I just read uh, a book called Dying for a Paycheck, which was um, about uh, kind of the effect of work on people. And I think that that's a great like uh, contrast to Reality is Broken, which I mentioned before, mm-hmm. which talks about that book talks about like all the great things we can learn from video games and apply them to basically the real world, including the office. And that book, uh, Dying for a Paycheck, is all about the effect that work can have on people. You know, we're talking about things that we enjoy and things that, that are fulfilling and, and, and super engaging. And unfortunately, like, sometimes work isn't that. <laughs> and that's really sad because of how long we, we spend working. So that's been a book that uh, I read recently and has been on my mind a lot. No. Very good. Um, well, I guess, and you know, you said you're like an avid podcast listener. Anything that, uh, like, anything that is uh, at the top of your playlist recently? So, my favorite podcast, my favorite podcast is um, Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell, mm. and its third season just started. And I haven't even listened to 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 it yet. There's like two two or three episodes out right now, but I'm saving it because it's. I love it so much that I really, I really want to, I don't want to like be doing chores when I listen to it. I want to be like doing something that I can really, really pay attention <laughs> when, uh, because uh, I love it so much. So I highly recommend revisionist history by Malcolm Gladwell. Very good. Yeah. I think I, uh, I must've like missed it. <laughs> that came back. Yeah. I, uh, listened to a few choice episodes of that one. So, uh, I'm actually going to add that to my playlist right now. Um, so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess, yeah, then we'll wrap up the episode here, uh, as we always do, just on a optimistic note, uh, something or things that you are looking forward to in your job, life, and or the world. Again, E3 is my Christmas. Um, it is the one week of just announcements and new stuff. And like my favorite hobby in the world, it's it's being celebrated, first of all, by by everybody because all the different companies are all announcing things and trying to, and in a way, one up each other. But really, it's you just, it's it's a week where everybody's telling you what to look forward to in the near and far future. Where you start seeing games and things that you'll you're gonna want to check out, and sometimes in six months, sometimes in three years. But uh, it's 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 such a like a celebratory experience and just stuff that. Um, like who doesn't want more stuff to look forward to? It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I guess, is there anything particular? Um, cause I guess, yeah, you have like a console of choice or I don't know if you have everything at your disposal. Cause I'm like a, I have a PS4. So I'm looking forward to any of their kind of like exclusive stuff or anything like that. Is there anything that you're like, you're hoping is announced or you just want to see more from in particular? Oh, Dustin, so much, so much. Um, <laughs> I have all the consoles. I have everything. So, so I am. I'm looking forward to mostly Nintendo stuff. Probably, you know, they they've been pretty quiet. I have a good idea of what's uh, coming on PlayStation, what's coming on Xbox. I'm, I'm sure there will be surprises, but I think I'm most looking forward to. I think I always look forward most to what's coming out on Switch. Um, there's there's lots of good stuff that can that can come up. I would love a new F Zero, a new Animal Crossing, love a Zelda expansion, just so much. A new Metroid is really really what I want. That that would be my 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 number one choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're always doing really cool creative stuff uh, over at Nintendo. So yeah, it's always neat to see. Um, even as somebody who hasn't like played kind of uh, deeply with a console for a little while, I at least just like appreciate them in the space to be doing something very different. Um, so yeah, it'd be cool to see what they, uh, what they, uh, have coming up. So, um, 
Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking time to hang out here and talk about uh, all that you did. And um, yeah, we'll have ways for folks to connect with you and the work that you do um, in the show notes as well as everything else that we mentioned. But um, yeah, just thank you so much. And uh, yeah, just have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Dustin. This podcast is a proud member of the Connect EDU Podcast Network, bringing together diverse voices and thoughtful discussions to the higher ed community. Check us out online at connectedu.network or on Twitter at connectedu pod. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.